Hi friends, my name is Tracy and I'm so glad you joined us for this episode of the Abundant Living Podcast. This is your podcast where you can discover how to better serve Christ, create great friendships with like-minded ladies and live a more abundant Christian life. Before we dive in, remember you can find podcasts like this and so much more on our website at christianladiesfellowship.com. While learning more about this unique ministry, you can also read articles, find resources like books and music, sign up to get helpful devotions delivered right to your inbox and click the link to join the conversation in our Facebook group. Thank you for joining me today for episode number 38 of the Abundant Living Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Burns. I'm so excited to bring you another interview with a special guest today. I have with me here in my little home studio, Mrs. April Hernandez. She's here to talk about her brand new book called Living After Loss, My Journey Through Widowhood. And it's available to pre-order now from Brian Publications. Hello, Ms. April. How you doing, Tracy? Everybody, how are you? I'm so glad that you could come on the podcast today, and I'm so grateful that you're willing to talk about this amazing new book. Now, I've known you personally for 10 or 12 years now, but those who might not know you, please just tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is April Hernandez. I was born in Fremont, Michigan. At the age of two, my parents and I moved to Sparta, Michigan, just north of Grand Rapids, and I lived there until I got married. We did not go to church when I was growing up, but I do remember attending a lot of vacation Bible schools. And when I say a lot, I mean a lot of vacation Bible schools. I had an aunt who was very concerned about us being in church during vacation Bible school, and she would come pick us up every week. If there was a vacation Bible school every week, we went every week to a different church, vacation Bible school. When I was in the last year of my middle school, a friend of mine invited me to her youth group at Sparta Baptist Church. After attending for a couple of months, the youth pastor preached about hell and made a statement that really hit home to me. He said, if you cannot remember day or time when you accepted Christ as your savior, then you probably aren't saved and need to get that settled or you will spend an eternity in hell. Well, of course, I didn't want to go to hell. So after the youth meeting, I went to his office and I asked him to tell me how to go to heaven. He sat on one side of the desk and I sat on the other. I remember him having a Bible open, but oddly enough, he never showed me verse by verse the plan of salvation. But I did pray and ask Jesus into my heart that night. Unfortunately, years later, I began to doubt my salvation, and I truly believe it was due to the fact that I never really was able to read the verses for myself as he went through the plan of salvation. It wasn't until I was married and we were serving in the Spanish ministry in Hammond, Indiana, that I got the assurance of my salvation during a morning service. Two years after I started regularly attending Sparta Baptist Church and getting involved in the youth activities and choir, the church announced that the teens were going to go on a missions trip to Mexico to help out one of our missionaries by singing a cantata in Spanish and visiting various missions in the mountain villages. This is where I met my husband. He had only been saved four months before we met during one of our youth choir practice sessions. He walked in and sat with his friends to watch and listen and all the girls in the choir wanted to know what his name was because he had beautiful eyelashes. So they wanted to know who he was. And I was appointed to ask him and the rest is history. So the question is, did you think he had beautiful eyelashes? Yes, yes, I did. But of course, I wasn't thinking about that. I wanted to know what missions was about. And that's the spiritual side of me. Um, But anyway, to make a long story short, um, my husband and I began to write letters back and forth to each other for four and a half years. And we only actually saw each other in person for eight months of that entire time. And in February of 1985, we were married. In 1988, two children later, we went to Hammond, Indiana for my husband to attend college at Hiles Anderson. We worked in the Spanish junior church ministry and my husband 
husband was heavily involved in the bus ministry during college. In 1991, Pastor Fernandez asked my husband to be the Spanish youth pastor. After a year in this position, Pastor Fernandez went into full-time evangelism. And so Dr. Jack Hiles asked my husband to be the interim pastor for the Spanish ministry. After a few months in this position, he was given the position full-time. We served under Dr. Hiles for about 13 and a half years. After he went to heaven in 2001, we left Hammond and started another ministry. We served there for about five years and ended up coming to Georgia to start a small church in Lawrenceville, right outside of Atlanta. However, my husband feeling the need to reach more Spanish people and nations, uh, we moved to Jacksonville, Florida, and he served as an evangelist to the Spanish nations for a little over a year under Dr. Tom Neal and Pastor Greg Neal before moving back to Georgia to serve as pastor again in our little church here. In March of 2015, the Lord took my husband home to heaven in a tragic car accident. I never imagined that I would become a widow at the age of 52, but God had his plans. Although I could not understand it at the time, I can see it a little more now. That's an amazing testimony. I think some of those things I didn't even know about. I had the honor to help in the editing process of this book as I work for Berean Publications. I really enjoyed this process and I really love your book. It's very real and you give so many details of your journey. You're very transparent in this book about your journey from the time of your loss until just recently. Tell those that are listening a little about what happened to you that was the catalyst behind this book. Well, when I got the call that my husband had been in a very serious automobile accident, I was scared out of my wits. I had just talked to him that afternoon and he was fine, you know, and you never think this kind of thing is going to happen to you. I drove to the hospital as fast as I could and was praying all the way that God would spare his life. My daughter began calling her sisters to let them know that their father was in the hospital due to an accident. We called a family from our Spanish church along with Pastor Campbell and Pastor Jackson at Old Suwanee Baptist Church where we were trying to build our ministry. We waited for hours before they came out to inform us that my husband had passed away from internal injuries. I was so devastated and didn't really know what to do next. If it wasn't for the Andrade family and Pastor Campbell and Pastor Jackson being there for support, I don't know what I would have done. But they helped me get through the meeting with the surgeon about the next steps. And when we were told we could go home, I honestly do not remember anything else that was said that night. I really didn't know where to go or where to turn except to God. So over the next few days, I just kept doing what I knew was the right thing to do. And after receiving a journal of empty pages from my pastor's wife, Shannon Reed, I made the decision to start writing down my thoughts and feelings as I had them in this journal. It was more of a therapeutic exercise for me. It helped immensely to write down how I was feeling even 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 if I cried through the whole thing. I honestly was unable to find any books or materials out there that were able to help me where I was at in my journey. Nothing really spoke to me. I mean, I had so many questions. I had seen other people go through loss and grief, but I had never experienced this type of grief for myself up close and personal. It was a grief that threatened to envelop me and swallow me up. I had so many questions. I kept thinking, what was I going to do now? I was a pastor's wife. Everything I'd done during the past 25 years of my life was geared towards helping my husband to reach his full potential as the man of God. But who was I going to be now? Where was I going to go? Questions like these kept going over and over in my head and writing them in my journal was the only way I could cope with it. At what point in your grief journey did you realize that you needed to write this into a book and how did that come about? Well, as I mentioned, I never started writing 
out writing my thoughts and feelings with the intention of writing a book about them. It was more of a therapeutic exercise, something to help me get my feelings out and not keep them bottled up inside. A lot of people, when they go through grief, they will bottle up their feelings inside and blame God and lash out at people and just become bitter or depressed. And I didn't want to get to that point. And so writing things down did help me get through that in that way. I think that many times, like I said, again, (laughs) Christians especially, they have a tendency to pull away from God during their times of sorrow and grief instead of staying close to him and finding comfort in the Bible and prayer and Christian fellowship. As I began to write about my feelings and see and feel God actually moving in my life, despite the sadness and grief in my heart, I knew I had to do something with what I was writing. During a counseling session with my pastor and his wife, I told him about my journals and he mentioned that it might be good for me to think about writing a book and sharing my experience with grief and tragic loss. I promised that I would pray about it, but I really didn't think I had much to share that would be of help to others on how to get through a time of loss, but I was willing to do it if God led me to do so because I knew that I struggled to find material and resources that were helpful to me when I was going through my time of grief. Personally, I've found in the independent Baptist world, it's extremely difficult to find good resources that are based on the King James Bible and that are doctrinally sound that deal with grief recovery. I've seen stuff out there that people are reading written by Catholic priests and things like that. And that's disturbing to me because we already know that doctrinally, they're not going to be what we need as Baptists. Through your own experience, what are some of the things you noticed that were lacking in the Christian world when it came to grief? Do you feel like it was hard for you to find resources too? Yes, I I do feel that it was difficult for me to find things that I could relate to as an independent fundamental Baptist Christian. Shortly after coming to Peachtree Road Baptist Church and becoming a member there. One of the church members gave me a workbook on dealing with grief, but honestly, although they had good intentions, I was not ready to go through a workbook about grief. And when I finally took a look at it, I did not find it too helpful. It didn't speak to my situation. I found another book by C.S. Lewis about his grief and losing his wife, but still I could not relate entirely to what he was writing. And I tried to find other books and resources that had always helped me get over the sadness I felt at losing my husband and what steps I should take next to make sure I didn't fall into depression, but I could not find a lot that actually spoke to the topic, especially as a Christian. In my experience, it almost seems like Christians, they don't want to talk about grief because there's this assumption that with Christ, you're going to recover. While that's totally true, Mm -hmm. it is most times a very long process to get to that end result and a lot of bumps and bruises along the way. One of the things I really love about your book is how open you are and transparent you are in this book. I think people will appreciate that because there's a lot of rawness in this book. You discuss each step if you will, on your personal stairway through your own grief journey. You have that transparency. Why do you think Christians struggle to talk about grief and grief recovery and really get down to the nitty gritty of it? Honestly, Tracy, I think it is exactly as you mentioned. Christians think that because we have Jesus as the cornerstone of our lives, or we should, we should not feel grief or remain sad because after all, our hope is in heaven and we know that death is not final. I honestly think Christians have a hard time talking about grief because they do not want to appear weak in their faith. But when you think about it, it is not a sign of lack of faith if you grieve the loss of someone close to you. It is a sign and witness to others that you loved deeply. Even Jesus cried when Lazarus died. But although we are Christians, we do have feelings and emotions 
God created us that way. And it is okay to feel sad when you go through a trial. And it is okay to cry. It is okay to mourn. And it will take a while to get through it. It took me at least two years before I felt like my life was back on track and heading in the right direction. You know, I lost my mom about four months before you lost your husband. And while the grief experience is very different, you said it's okay to cry. Someone told me that literally two days after I lost my mom. I'm not a crier. I even told my daughter the other day, I think I've counted on one hand how many times I've cried in the last 12 months. And she looked at me like I was crazy because she's a teenager and she cries like once a week. (laughs) So... I think that what you said, feeling sad and no one wants to feel sad. You address that so great in your book about the feelings of sadness and how to deal with it and how to get past that. I know we all experience grief differently depending on our relationship and the loss that we've experienced. But even though it's been almost eight years for me and almost that for you, I feel like your book was filled with really great reminders of what I've gone through in my own way, and also for things that I still need to work on for me, because you never stop grieving. There's always an element of grief in your Mm -hmm. life. You just learn to kind of walk alongside of it. I know in your book, it has the subtitle called My Journey Through Widowhood. But I think after reading this, that this is more than just for widows. Because me, I personally was helped after, you know, having experienced the loss of my mother. Who else other than widows do you think would be helped through your book? And why would that be? Well, I honestly do not claim to know everything there is to know about getting through a season of grief. And much of what I say in the book does come from the heart of a pastor's wife as a woman. But I believe that the things God taught me through my journey can be applied to any Christian in general going through a season of grief, whatever it may be. The simple fact is that the closer you remain to the Lord as you go through your grief and the more consistent you remain to your core Christian values through it all, the easier it will be to get over it or through it, whichever you prefer. The principles of staying in the Bible, praying every day, staying in church and being at every service, even if you cry through every sermon, the easier it will be to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I think this speaks to anyone in any situation where you've suffered a great loss or a tragedy in your life. It can be a man, a woman, a child, anyone that is going through a difficult time. I love how you talk about being faithful in this book. And I think for people that have just experienced grief, that's one of probably the most difficult things is to continue to be faithful to church and continue to be faithful in the Bible because you're hurting so bad that it's hard for you to look into these faces, these people that feel sorry for you because it just brings your grief up. It's hard for you to open the Bible because Mm. you're so raw. You read one, you know, you read Jesus wept and you're crying too, you know, (laughs) and I love how you address that in this book, because I feel like that's something that all Christians struggle with when you go through grief and they need to know that that's normal, but you can still make it. And I love that part about this book. Yes, I I feel, I feel exactly the same way. I had a lot of people tell me it was okay to cry. I would apologize over and over and over for crying. Every time I would try to talk to my pastor's wife or anybody at church, I would cry. And I speak about this in the book too. When we had a Thanksgiving service in our church, pastor would go around. It was like, first Thanksgiving after my husband passed away. It wasn't, hadn't been a year. And he would go around to everybody in the auditorium and have everybody say something for what they're thankful for. And I kept praying, God, please don't let him come to me. Tell him to skip over me. He knows my situation. (laughs) Tell him to skip over me. And he didn't skip over me. So we ended up having a crying fest, or I did right there. And there was a gentleman in another pew who went and he got a Kleenex for me from the first pew of the church and came back and gave it to me. I was so embarrassed. But my, my pastor's wife came up to me later and she said, it's okay to cry. Everybody 
everybody understands it's all right. And I was like, okay. So now I find myself in helping other widow ladies in our church or somebody who's going through a tough time and they find themselves breaking down when we barely start a conversation. I tell them it's okay. Go ahead and cry. It's part of the healing process. And sometimes I think we forget that, that it is part of healing. I love that. Please share with our listeners where they can order a copy of your book for themselves. The book, like you said, is currently available through Berean Publications. It is also available on Amazon. You just have to type in the title, Living After Loss, and it'll pop right up for you. And I currently have a link up with a promo for the first 20 people who order a signed author copy of the book. These will receive a mini bookmark made by myself and an 8x8 custom print for an original painting with the verse from 2 Corinthians 4.17, which says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. They can find the link for the promo in my bio on either of my Instagram accounts at Guerra2563 or at Handcrafted Scripture. And I'll link all the places you can purchase the book. I'll link her two Instagram accounts in the show notes of this podcast. So make sure that you click into the show notes, whatever podcasting app you use, and then the links should be in there. While I have you here, I want you to share a little bit about your business, Handcrafted Scripture, that came about and tell us a little bit about that. Okay, yes. I own a small business called Handcrafted Scripture, which I started in 2017, two years after my husband went to heaven. I began Bible journaling in 2016 after my daughter Esther gifted me my first journaling Bible that year for Christmas. This was another way I comforted myself after losing my husband, journaling God's word. It helped give me comfort through my grief. Since I'm an artist at heart, it was a lot of fun to illustrate various verses of the Bible in the margins of my Bible. After journaling for a few months, a friend of mine asked if I had ever thought about making bookmarks from my Bible journaling entries and selling them because there was very little out there in the way of bookmarks and paper products with King James only scripture. So my daughters encouraged me to start an Etsy shop, which I had never heard of Etsy before this (laughs) at all. So it was an experience getting started, but handcrafted scripture was born. They can find my shop on Etsy by searching for handcrafted scripture, or I will have Tracy put the link also in the podcast notes. And I love all the products because you started with your bookmarks Mm -hmm. and then you evolved into all kinds of things, signs. And tell me a little bit about like what products you have. Well, I have I used to do a lot of signs a couple of years after I started the shop and I do signs with KJV scripture. They're mostly chalkboard signs, uh, 12 by 12 mostly. I have done larger ones, which are special requests. And I do have journals with the custom covers made from verses of the Bible, the KJV as well. And they're usually, most of them are sermon notebook journals, but I do have devotional journals and I have prayer journals and I am working currently on a planner and it's almost ready. So oh, that's great. I know everybody loves planners. I'm a planner person too. So, (laughs) okay. Before we wrap up today's podcast, I want to say thank you for taking the time to share about your book and about your business. I encourage everyone that's listening, get a copy of this book for yourself or give it to a friend or family member. If you don't need it now, you will in the future, because when you go through grief, sometimes you don't know what you need. And if you're willing to give this to a friend or a family member, when they experience loss or something like that, they'll already have that book on hand to refer back to, even if it's a coworker that maybe isn't a Christian. It's a very personal account of what she went through. And then lots of scripture, lots of pointing to Christ throughout this book. I know you're going to love it. I'm so grateful for good Christian Bible-based resources like these. I know you're going to love this book. Miss April, to close us out, share with us a few quick thoughts, something that you would say as an encouragement to someone who's in the thick of it, who is dealing with grief or has just gone through a tragedy or something where they're dealing with a broken heart. 
The most important thing that I would say here for anyone going through grief, tragedy, or even a broken heart is simply this. Take a deep breath and remember that God is still in control. Even though your future seems uncertain at the moment and you just don't know where to turn, trust the Lord to get you through it. Even when I felt as if I would never get rid of the sadness inside of me, I knew God was with me. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. A few things that I tried to stick to after my husband passed away were these few simple thoughts. Number one, stay in the Bible. If you read your Bible before your tragedy or, or your loss or your situation, stay in the Bible don't stop reading it. If you weren't very close or reading your Bible consistently, start doing it. Number two, pray and talk to God. The only person who really understands everything you're going through is the Lord. So don't turn your back on him. Don't stop going to church. If you were not very consistent in going to church, start going to church on a regular basis. Nothing will help you more than hearing the preaching from the word of God. Number four, continue serving others. If you're involved in your church before your tragedy, before your situation happened, continue serving the Lord. It'll be one step at a time. You may not be involved as much as you were before. It'll take you time to get back into it, but just continue doing it little by little. And then number five, which helped me more than anything, is fight to be stable. Try to be stable in your schedule. Live by schedule. Try to do things even though you seem you're just going through the motions, do them anyway. I have learned that consistency is so important when going through a trial. Do not let yourself become weighed down with your grief. God has a plan and will give you a purpose for life, but it will take time. So be patient because it will come. I think these words from the song, thankful for the suffering, say it best. Even in pain, in grief, or our shame, God has a divine master plan. We might not have chosen the path that he's given, but in trials, he helps us stand. For he is the one who brings hope in sorrow and causes our hearts to just sing. When all's said and done and we look back tomorrow, we'll be nothing but thankful for the suffering. And lastly, you may not see it now, but someday you will be thankful that God allowed this season of grief into your life. If you enjoyed this episode of the Abundant Living Podcast, be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcasting app so that you are notified when a new episode is posted. Please rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. For more helpful content, be sure to check out our website, ChristianLadiesFellowship.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you're leaving with some great things that will help you to live more for the Lord, make amazing Christian friends, and serve the Savior every day. Let's go show the world just how abundant the Christian life can be. Until next time.